Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio on a Tuesday morning. So for a while there, St. Louis Cardinals looking pretty good, but uh, injuries definitely not helping things for the team, doing a little reshuffling on the roster. What do you think? Well, pretty much they had to. Of course, when you have Jack Flaherty, he's been added to the 15-day disabled list. That means he has to be on that list for at least 15 days, and it's probably going to be a lot longer. He has a shoulder problem, same shoulder that he would put him out for a couple of months, didn't allow him to go through spring training. And hey, you just have to worry about the guy because he always seems to be coming down with something. Good pitcher, don't get me wrong, but gosh, the injury problems have really plagued him. Anyway, he goes on the 15-day disabled list. Harrison Bader, 10-day disabled list because of a sore foot. Genesis Cabrera is out. And as a result, the Cardinals have had to go to their farm system. They bring up one guy with whom I'm not familiar, and that's James Nail. Don't know anything about him at all. Didn't play down here. Connor Capel did. Connor Capel's an outfielder. And Jake Woodford, who has been with the club up and down, and he's back up with them again to take off some of the pressure on the pitching staff. But gosh, I'll tell you, they're doing some roster reshuffling here. And then... <laughs> Uh, St. Louis has to maintain a level of consistency. Fortunately, none of the other than Harrison Bader and Flaherty, none of the other regulars have been hurt. The guy they really need to keep healthy, and he has been so far as Paul Goldschmidt, because he is he's just tearing the cover off the ball. But we'll talk more about that later on. Yes, yeah, some roster shuffling, and we'll see what happens with them. Um, you know, you got to give uh, the Kansas City Royals props because they have a really, really good development system, in my opinion. They get some good young players. It's probably why we always refer to the Royals as a young team is because they're constantly developing. But they do have some really good young talent, and it looks like they're clearing some space for another, aren't they? They had to. They're not going to be in the race this year. Their record is already way worse than I thought it was going to be. I, th- I thought they had a pretty good team, but it's not the right mix, apparently. So the Royals yesterday traded Carlos Santana, an old pro, many-time All-Star, traded him back to the Seattle Mariners. Now, the Royals got him from the Cleveland, and they were the Indians at the time, now the Guardians. Royals got him from that ball club, Cleveland, and now he had been with Seattle. Santana's been around, big long ball hitter. He had been playing regularly at first base for the Royals, but hey, you've got to, you've got to make room for the younger players, and now's the time to do it, give them some experience. So the Royals trade him and bring up Vinny Pasquantino. Now, who is Vinny Pasquantino? Well, he's 24 years old, also a first baseman, is tearing the cover off the ball in Omaha, had 18 home runs, kid out of Old Dominion uh, University in Virginia. And uh, Pasquantino is now going to get his shot. So they'll have Bobby Witt Jr., Pasquantino, and still old pros, Merrifield, and people of that caliber all playing for them. We'll see if this mix isn't a little bit better and give these guys some experience. Because I agree with you, Mike. They have they have young talent in the farm system. We see it down here mm-hmm. on the Northwest Arkansas, although there's not a whole lot of it this year. But in the past, we've seen some of these players, and you've got to give them the experience. Now is the time to do it. Absolutely. Well, uh, last but not least, you know, I've... Before this uh, Deshaun Watson thing at least comes to a close with the NFL handing down their punishment, um, I was reading a story and in the comments someone had written that, you know, what Cleveland did was just insane. The fact that he was facing all this, they, they, you know, just basically poo-poo all over Baker Mayfield and they go for Deshaun Watson. 
And the comment was, it's like the Cleveland Browns have a gambling problem, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> but it might look that way if the NFL comes down hard on Deshaun, he might be out for a long time. Well, the committee, the decision's probably going to come the next day or two. It's going before the full board, the disciplinary board of the NFL. The committee that's been investigating all of this and following the trials and the lawsuits and so forth recommended last night that... Watson be suspended indefinitely and no less than one year. All right, that would put him out this entire season. I don't think the Browns are counting on him this year anyway. They better not be because he's not going to play. When the board meets, and it'll be today and tomorrow, I suspect they'll follow through with that penalty and probably make it a one-year suspension. That's, that's my guess on this thing. Watson's not a kid anymore, and to sit out a full year, that's, what, another, another big chunk out of his career so we'll see what happens. Furthermore, inactivity for a quarterback, hey, that doesn't that doesn't bode very well. So I'm looking for that to be the case. But that was the recommendation, one year, at least one year suspension, and who knows from there on in. Yeah, it'd be interesting, but uh, God, you got to feel bad for Baker, man. Uh, and Browns have no other choice. No, they don't, but at the same time, it's kind of like... You know, okay, you can't have him, so you're just going to deal with me. That doesn't, I can't, I don't know, I don't care who you are, that can't sit well with you at all. <laughs> Cardinals, Royals both played last night. Please tell me we got uh, wins for both. 50 <laughs> 50. Ah. Cardinals played the Miami Marlins last night up in St. Louis. Miami is not all that bad a team. No, they're not a factor in the National League East, but they can be troublesome. They have very young talent, they're building for the future, and they have some very good players. Uh, they were no match for the Cardinals last night. Cardinals win 9 nothing, And uh, I'll tell you what the problem with Miami was. They have a bunch of young, free swingers. And when you have that, guys who are going after everything, <laughs> then a pitcher like Adam Wainwright's going to carve you up. And he did. Had nine strikeouts. Shut him out. Didn't go the distance, but that was the plan, not to go the distance. And the Cardinals have more than enough pitching to be able to stop this team. And hitting... Here's Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt, folks, is notoriously a slow starter. Not this year. He was 4-for-4 four four last night with a home run to lead things off in the first inning. This guy, is he's batting right around 350 at the moment. This is not Paul Goldschmidt numbers. He's just gone absolutely nuts, and the Cardinals are riding the crest. The other, <laughs> the other guy who had two home runs last night played here last year, Juan Yepes. Now, Juan Yepes, I, I didn't find to be particularly impressive down here. The Cardinals obviously saw something, promoted him, and now he's with the big club. He is striking the ball very well and says, hey, he's feeling comfortable. Well, yeah, when you're hitting that well, you better feel comfortable. And uh, the Cardinals were able to get a 9 nothing win. Royals, not so fortunate. Uh, Kansas City's pitching just isn't there. Chris Bubich got the start last night. He's only 1-5 on the year. He got belted around by the Texas Rangers, who won it 10-4. So we're going in opposite directions. Cardinals are hanging in there still with injury problems, but uh, they're continuing to maintain a pace in the National League Central, which is among the weakest divisions in Major League Baseball, and that's to their good fortune. They're making the most out of it. They're, right in, the, they're in the right spot right now, which is good. And it's not always the case, but uh, in this situation, it is working out in their favor. All right. 
Most guys take days off from work to watch March Madness. Ned Reynolds, we literally have to break him away from the TV every day during Wimbledon, <laughs> Wimbledon because he's just he's just glued to it. I'm like, Ned, come on, we got to go do our job. And he's like, well, five more minutes, five more minutes. Well, how was for, how was day one? Day one had no surprises at all. It was a bit of a rain delay, but uh, Djokovic, Novak Djokovic, who's the number one seed in the men, came away with the win, although it was not straight sets. It was 3-1, to one, but hey, that's immaterial. Got the win anyway. Andy Murray got a win. Now, most of the big names, the other big names, are playing uh, later on today. Uh, Serena Williams will play later on. Uh, Rafael Nadal will be on the court later on. And many of the younger players, uh, just the way the schedule works out. So the first round is going on, that's a couple of days, and then right on through the fortnight, which is two weeks. And indeed, Wimbledon is really the crown jewel. But no big surprises yesterday, you really didn't expect any. Well, uh, I'll just, I look forward to uh, pull, peeling you away from the TV again tomorrow. <laughs> uh, so they might be getting a lot of hell right now, but 51 years ago today, the Supreme Court ruled on something else. What was it? This was a sports item that they, they ruled on, and it was momentous at the time. I think you're probably a little bit too young to remember this, but uh, the legendary Muhammad Ali had had his a boxing license suspended when he did not report for the draft. All right, he draft dodger and all that sort of thing. And uh, his license was removed. He could not fight in the United States, so he was idle for a couple of years. Well, on this date, 51 years ago, 1971, that suspension was overturned 8 nothing by the Supreme Court. They said he gets his license back, and Ali had a feeling it was coming, so he'd been keeping in great shape and went right back in the ring. His first opponent was a kid named Jerry Quarry, and put him away, I think, in three or four rounds down in Atlanta. And then it all culminated with this fight with Joe Frazier at Madison Square Garden, the first of the trilogy. There were three fights. And uh, that was, that was of course, what everything was building up to. But this is the day he was officially allowed back in the ring. And how much money did that guy win you or cost you? He, it cost himself. <laughs> no, cost you. <laughs> Excuse <laughs> no. me, chocolate chips. Yeah, they were they were chips. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, boxing is is so you know one punch and you can you can win the thing. So it's very very much of uh, I stay away from it. Yeah. But in terms of Ali and his fortune, well, it, it took away a little bit. He still passed as a very wealthy. Man. Oh yeah, but uh, those years that he lost, this is very unfortunate because he was one of the greatest, if not the greatest. Ned, you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow.